Give me a what, David? What's a cool? What what's a, what would be a cool '90s line for two two people getting back into the saddle again? You know what I'm saying? Imagine we're two cops. We've been separated for too long, and they're putting us back together, even though the department doesn't want us together because we cause a lot of problems on the streets. But we get the job done. So, what's the line that? What's the one '90s line that would say we're back? 100% pure adrenaline. I don't know, man. That's <laughs> that's that's a tough one. All right, so there we go. That, that too late. That's it. So the camera cuts. We come into a room. The 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 the, the police chief looks at us. He's like, "Oh, god damn it!" Camera pans, zooms. We turn to the camera, and you say, "Say your line." 100 pure adrenaline. Life's a wreck. <laughs> Kick right into it. That's the start of the show, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Oh, Jesus, this is episode 24, and I, we're so sorry. We disappeared on you. All I know that all eight of our fans were desperately worried about us. We've been gone for almost a month now, David. That's too long to be away from you, my dude. Oh, my God, ladies and gentlemen. Are we sorry? I'm, I was kind of enjoying that break there. I'm desperate and in need of your approval constantly, so I was dying, you know what I'm saying? Also, we're recording this on Father's Day. You're probably the closest thing I have to a dad these days. And oh uh, the lack of you not talking to me just reminded me of my real life dad. <laughs> and, uh, it was a real fucking nightmare. <laughs> so thanks for that, bro. Happy Father's Day. I'm glad we got to open up on some real like pathos and, and, and misery. Oh, you're welcome. Nothing says misery like my name, which is Brian Ortiz, one of your hosts. And with me, as always, is David Castillo. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. We're glad to be here. Uh, we want to just dive right in. But as before we start, as I always do, and I haven't had a chance to say this for a month, David, so I can't wait to spout this out as fast as I can because I know you hate it. What is life but nothing more than a series of reactions to educational conversations with one another? And that's the point of the show. We don't know each other and we're trying to know each other. So we use pop culture, social lubrication to find out a little bit more about each other and in the hopes of becoming closer and better friends and also even more intimate and deep lovers. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the point of the show. You're watching two men who are straight become slowly entwined with one another. That is the show format that I've adopted, and that's where we're going with today, David. How do you feel about that? You know, as, as much as I Liz, I respect, you know, your persistence here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I think I finally realized what you're doing, though. It's like you know, it's kind of like a sitcom that has the same intro every time. It's like, mm -hmm. well, it sets the stage. Correct. Um, in the same way, it sets the stage for Family Matters. Um, I was trying to think of that the name of the show with the girl robot, but then I was like, oh my God, that was a terrible show and I forgot the name. But <laughs> anyways, you get the point. I, I would do. like to think we're somewhere in between, you know? Yeah. We're in between Family Matters and Girl Robot. That's where the show is. What was the name of that show though? I'm trying was it on ABC or CBS? How the fuck should I know the difference between those goddamn channels? Because <laughs> there was only three back in our time, David, that were important. Four, sorry, including Fox. You know, That's actually, listen, let, let's forget about, you know, sitcom bullshit. All right. Let's let's cut to the meat and potatoes. All right. You asked right. me a question. How am I doing? You know what? I'm iced tea, except 
I thought I escaped Rutger Hauer and his violent team of mercenaries, but I'm back in the wild. I'm back in the most dangerous game. And so uh, I quit. I quit. I quit my job uh, because it was a toxic God. work environment. And so um, I did the half baked. Well, I didn't actually do the half baked. It was kind of more of like a, a profe- you know, if you were to translate the half baked, uh, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, I'm out. Still waiting on that heifer, Julio. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out. If you translate into that a very into a very professional setting, that's what you right. end up with. So the point is, uh, we're back on work watch. Uh, so that's that's how I am. I don't remember asking how you're doing, but I will ask now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you had that super loaded. David, how you doing? Cut back to that. Uh, dude, that's uh, – I'm so sorry to hear that. Really – really fucking sucks uh, look what happens dude go away from the podcast for one month and you lose your job you become a homeless bum again uh here we are we're back on work watch you know but listen like listen we we're all familiar with like work watch and you know clearly like i'm i'm on this end of this the work spectrum where like i'm just a dude that like is is gonna you know has the privilege of like quitting his job or getting fired or getting laid off or whatever but how are you uh you know what hey that's a perfect segue ladies and gentlemen to how am i doing the reason we're having all these deep conversations ladies and gentlemen is normally we would bring up a topic of discussion at this point where we would say what the other person wants to talk about for the episode but we've been gone for too long and we miss you I miss you. We miss you people listening to us, all eight of you, and mostly, David, I missed you because this is also my form of therapy, so I've been out of therapy for a month, so what does that tell you? Spiraling, David. I've been spiraling without your beautiful face. So we're going to come back to a format that we like to do after we don't know what to talk about for so long. This is another episode of I Must Break You Part 2, Fire Down Below. That's the name of this episode. I Must Break You Part 2, Fire Down Below. I don't understand why you, why it couldn't be a Dolph Lundgren reference instead of a Steven Seagal reference. I wanted to mix both. Two marriages of two <laughs> two action stars of movies that we love to watch. I uh, feel like but... that's also its own topic, by the way, which is like, you know, the 90s is also like the point at which like the action film really just loses its shit and kind of doesn't yeah. know what to do, right? It just You have like Face Off and Con Air. You know, even Under Siege 2, man, like Eric Bogosian plays a great... Uh, quote unquote eccentric villain but let's also not forget man they're like destroying shit with earth- earthquakes in the sky right i mean that's oh, that's right, a thing that right, happens right. we had that bad guys always had some type of weapon that could do something to nature you know what i mean there's always that or some sort of loose nuclear bomb that got left somewhere all of a sudden and then you have things like broken arrow and stuff like that <laughs> yeah man and uh also uh uh, shout out to uh, what's the actor that uh, plays Mike in uh, Breaking Bad? Jonathan Banks. Jonathan Banks has a great scene in Under Siege 2 where he's just like a henchman, but he's also like the conductor. And right before like two trains collide, like for some reason, the camera cuts to Jonathan Banks, who's mm-hmm. not yet like a big star. And he's absolutely delighted to be involved <laughs> in this head on collision. Like he's got this ear to ear smile. You know, I mean, you can't see his teeth, but he's clearly like. <laughs> Finally, this movie ends. And, you know, maybe that's kind of. <laughs> I feel like we're all could be a just, commentary. That is such a commentary on life. We're just people on trains about to collide, thinking finally it's gonna end. <laughs> oh man, Jonathan Banks with the insight, dude. God bless that actor for doing 
what he does best, man. But um, uh, yeah, you asked me how I'm doing, David. Um, yeah, a little bit catch up, man. It's been crazy. You know, life is changing once again, right? Within just within the course of a month, man. Right between the last time we talked and this, so much has happened. Uh, I think the big thing, and a lot of people are experiencing this in different ways, is I had a I had to do a return to work. Uh, for those that don't know, obviously during that time of the pandemic, my job w- did get to allow me the opportunity to come home and work. And that was great for a lot of reasons, both physically and mentally, and I've been really happy. And then we had to go back, and they're doing a hybrid schedule to help us out with this kind of stuff. But I would be lying, man, if I didn't say that it was taking a mental toll. You know what I mean? Just kind of readjusting to life back in that kind of space. And I know for some people it's great because they love being around other people and talking. Uh, Myself, I'm good at being at home and (laughs) by myself. I don't need to talk. I'm an introvert, baby. I don't need to, like, go out and experience things all the time. So it's been kind of a it's kind of been a mental like you know struggle going on to be okay with being back in the office and having to have that rigid structure again. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I know that's just me. I know I feel privileged that I get to say that. I know like a lot of people didn't have that opportunity, but you know that's still uh, still weighs on my mind, man. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Listen, like I'm not going to try to do the thing where it's like, oh man, make you feel like uh, uh, sort of guilty. Mm-hmm. Because you don't have quote unquote perspective because what well, Schmidt freaking, you know, I, I, I couldn't work uh, from home at all and I got chewed out. So I had to quit or like, you know, you know, not having a job at all. Right. Like, sure. I but but I will say, man, it is a little hard to have sympathy. You son of a bitch. <laughs> what? I, OK. And one of my questions there is, how did you do it beforehand? Yeah. Before this, dude, I was just dying inside every day a little bit. Oh, my God. Every day was just a little bit of my soul kept dying and shriveling every day. It looks like a like a like, like a scrotum in cold weather. Exactly. Just shrunken inside, scared to pop its head out. You know what I mean? Like just I, I, I survived like everyone else who doesn't who doesn't do well with that. I just survived. I just either would shut down, go numb, just go through the motions, get it done, get my job done, do it right and go home and then try and remember who I am. So, like, there's nothing like perspective to give you something. And while you are ruthless and have no sympathy for me, I will say this. Like, for some, <laughs> we get stuck in jobs that we just we just don't feel great about. But we do the work and we do it well and we do the best that we can. And you have to try and find yourself outside of that. Well, without knowing, the pandemic gave me the opportunity to discover myself and give me an opportunity that I've always dreamed about, which is working from home, controlling my own schedule and moving at my own pace without any interruption and or oversight that was so heavy and daunting. And it was beautiful, man. What can I say? Like, you know, people suffer in different ways, man. <laughs> people suffer in different ways. You know, it's, it's funny, too, because, right, this is the um, this is like the big sort of quote unquote issue of our time. Right. The so-called great resignation. Um, in fact, you see it out playing in like um, the way people kind of right. People are no longer moving into cities. They're trying to move in the suburbs because, well, now they have the flexibility of like be able to work remotely. Mm-hmm. And so they're yeah. like, well, shit, I don't have to like, you know, pay extra rent and more property tax being close to the city, you know, just to find like a great job. So yeah, man, there's, you know, that that's, that's a real thing, a real phenomenon with people just kind of realizing, uh, you know, maybe I can make my own way. Maybe I have actual autonomy over the work that I do and and we don't have to do things the way they've always been done for the sake of doing things the way they've always been done. Yeah. As someone who struggles with a bunch of men- mental demons, it was nice to have them 
controlled for quite a while and it feels really good and uh going back it's like trying to remember how to how to die inside a little bit more every day david just a little bit more baby now listen i think you know so this is actually we'll cut a lot of this out because i'm going to ask you like a, a real like a question that can absolutely get you in trouble okay scary Maybe I should just not ask that. Okay, so let, let me put myself on blast. <laughs> Please, David, let, use, use an example to ask me a question. That's what I do love. So, you know, one of the, the place where I used to work, um, the when we did switch to, you know, it was like COVID hit, switched to like 100% remote. Um, man, I did find it weird, but like I found it weird because I was also like, well, I'm at home. Why don't I like watch like violent knockouts ufc knockouts you know just for a couple minutes <laughs> in the middle of a shift but i did find myself like damn man like you know yeah why can't i just like you know um take like a 20 minute dump or uh you know <laughs> i mean look let's be real here there is no greater reason for working from home than the ability to take 20 minute dumps in the middle of your work day nothing says freedom like releasing your sphincter and everything inside of you for 20 uninterrupted minutes. It's beautiful. You know, listen, that, that's that's not nothing either. I mean, how like, you know, because when you're at work, uh, you know, even even with uh, where I, you know, previously just worked now, you know, this is a pretty big office, you know, three floors, yada, yada. But, um, you know, still, man, you know, going to the bathroom at work is, is you know, you, you don't have as much privacy as you think, you know, especially when you're like in an office where it has Mm-mm. nothing but like glass windows. No, you know, pe- dude. People see you coming in and out. So they know like either, you know, hey, you're having like a good gut day or a bad gut day. Dude, taking a dump at my work is such a goddamn process, my dude, because there's like <clears throat> we used to have the bathroom for us is near like kind of the center apex of the building where the one half is us the other half is like communications and then other important people and it's so embarrassing man because it's right there across from the water fountain the break room the copy room and then that bathroom shares an exact wall with an office worker that i know so i always think to myself how am i supposed to go in here and drop a rowdy deuce and i know that those walls are not built to code i know that they're paper thin that dude can hear me shit a baby out of my butthole and then i have to walk out and he like locks eyes with me i can't do that man that it's so difficult to drop at my work comfortably so all of us a lot of us who have like that kind of poop thing we have to find alternative poop methods so we know where the quiet cold nice smelling bathrooms are around campus and we'll like drive to other buildings to drop deuces if we have to quietly man that's that, that's tough man when it comes to like crunch time yeah a public bathroom is just not the same as like the comfort of your own home no dude i have to and you know what too i i pray to god that every bathroom i go to also has like a spray can so like every time I even toot or drop a, a, anything, I just start spraying like crazy to hide it as fast as I can. Because my because I remember one time I was not feeling well and I was just dropping hard, right? Like full blown giving birth. And I was like, oh my God, this, I had the vent on. I had a spray can next to me. I had my phone going. So hopefully no one can hear me drop anything. And of course, dude, the person who walks in on me was my boss, my boss, boss. And I could hear that poor man coming in seeing all of this, hearing all of this, I can hear his footsteps, the door opens, silence for about two, three seconds, and then he just turns around and goes back outside. And I'm like, fuck. 
you know, that's the other tough part, which is that like, you know, even so obviously like, you know, most bathrooms are going to be like communal in an office. Right. So like, even when you think you're alone and like, you know, somebody like walks by to use the urinal right next to your stall. Mm. Um, that's also God. something, man, like I find myself a little, you know, a little self-conscious, a little self-aware and I'm not going to just like, you know, freaking unload, you know, the, the sort of Browns into the Super Bowl If like somebody's like right there, it, to me, it's just like, it's, it's kind of courtesy, right? It's like, you know, right. that person probably doesn't want to hear um, you just like dropping your guts into a toilet bowl. I understand emergencies happen, right? Like I get it. How many times have you been to a sporting event, uh, a store, you go to the bathroom, as soon as you walk in, some dude is like, ah! oh God, ah! like just so loud, right? Like, and you know that this dude has either a serious problem or has no shame whatsoever. I don't want to be that guy. Also, you bring up a really important point. I think also sort of a uh, bathroom, like especially like, uh, you know, crunch time decor mm. is a good sign of the kind of like a good measuring stick of the kind of place you're working at. Like if you have people in there that are just making all kinds of noises, don't care, just gladly like unload. <laughs> Right. Like and, and unload loudly. Then it's probably a place that, you know, maybe like the behavior, like, you know, too much goes unchecked. It could be a little toxic, you know, that that kind of thing. Toxic environments equal toxic shits, folks. That's what that that's the takeaway oh, here. A hundred percent. And and like I feel like I got that, you know, like when I hear people do that, that's something that I like I just know I could never do. Like I'm like, man, like how it's not your home. What gives you the right? Right, <laughs> right. Gives you the Dude, shit rights? Yeah, <laughs> shitting your guts out in a public bathroom is like going into an airplane and clipping your toenails. Who the fuck do you think you are, dude? Who do you think you are? Go home and do that, you sick monster. I'm calling it now. I'm sorry. If you have an emergency, I'll accept it. If you're just a rowdy person, boo, get out of here. You're nasty. We have, you know what we're dealing with at work? There is a serial pooper. And what I mean by that is there's somebody going into the men's bathroom and dude, they are dropping full logs that won't go down the toilet and they're not flushing them. Man, that's, that's like a, that dude, that's, that is an adventure for JB Fletcher <laughs> or, or Columbo. But to be honest, like, I think it's, it'd probably be really easy to figure out. I'm going to go in Columbo style to every dude's office and be like, sir, let me just, can I just, can I just see your poop? Let me just, uh, I'm sorry to bother you. I know you're busy right now. You know, I can come back later, but I just need to check your poop, so. You know, if you could just do a quick deuce for me, okay? By, by the way, for anybody that, like, might be, like, critical of the subject matter or feel like we're being immature, you know, to that I say, fuck you. And the reason why <laughs> is because I just quit my job. And Brian here is talking to me on Father's Day because he did not have a father figure it's in true. his life. So this it's is true. this is like perfect. This is like therapy. And, you know, we're going through some shitty times. We're going to talk about shit. Did, oh, didn't we talk about shitting on the last time we took a break also? Okay, we definitely talked about shit for quite a while, but I don't know if it was when we were on break. Us? Why is every time we have a moment to not speak intellectually about something, we immediately go to, yo, let me talk about my shits, bro. That's really the topic that I got to dive into. What is wrong with us, David? I think it says a lot about kind of like, you know, the sort of you think about like the effort and thought required into the the episodes, how they're outlined, how we put them together, which, you know, I, th I think we, we do. Um, right. And so when we are free of that, I, I think 
man, it's you really got to go in the opposite direction. That's true. From, David, from highbrow you... to the lowest. <laughs> to highbrow to low brown. Copy that, dude. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That's actually well done. I mean, I'm, I'm not laughing, but I think it's really well done. Rude. How dare you? But thank you. I appreciate it. I'll take the validation. I'll take it. David, let me ask you a question. Do you like, do you find that the ultimate like personal at home pooping experience is naked poops? Do you ever take naked poops where you shed all of your clothes? You just sit in the toilet and let God do its business? You ever do uh, that? That's a great question. I, I, you know, like I've done it before, but um, it definitely like some really primal about that. Um, but it's not something that I've feel like I've been aware of because I feel like when I've done it it's been under like special circumstances like I was <laughs> every poop is under special circumstances <laughs> Jesus Christ dude you gotta take a normal shit my dude you have to take a personal shit that you control on your own time my dude nothing under you know what I'm saying like I today David I'm gonna shed my clothes I'm gonna spread eagle and I'm gonna shit comfortably into this toilet I think it's interesting that you think the only way to have true freedom during a shit is if you, all your clothes are off. And I, I do. I do. I, I 100% do. And I'll tell you exactly why, dude. Because it's the pants. Because I can't spread my legs because the pants are constricting me, dude. So I got to take the pants off so my legs can be free to open as wide as they need to to give me like strong surface like uh, mounting position so I have good base when I have to take a really hard dump. You know what I mean? This this is why like your judgment of me and like whether or not I'm like healthy pooping is completely negated by what you're saying, which is that your like your poop is so like requires so much effort and like correct posture that you can't even have your pants on. So yeah, my, my I'm pooping just fine. You, my friend, are having issues. Are having the real issues. You're letting society tell you how to poop, David. You're not proving how God intended. God wanted you to poop naked in the wild, spread open, and you want to be constricted like the man tells you to, David. So you're talking about splaying your legs. I'm just imagining you giving like ass birth, and that's not a good thing, man. That's that's not. That's how our bodies give, dude. That's why they have the little squatty potty so you can give ass births, dude. Okay, that's why God invented our bodies to poop like that. Um, look, I'm going to do us a favor, David. We have been talking almost 10 straight minutes about taking dumps and shits. And there no, was something way longer I, than that. I know probably, but there is something I wanted to talk to you about because I thought about you a couple weeks ago because I got all of a sudden, maybe you were channeling something in me, but I got into a kick of watching submarine movies. Oh. So of course I did the top two for me right away, which was the hunt for red October and crimson tide. Oh shit. Okay. Man, I really fucking like Crimson Tide, like, a lot. And in fact, I would argue that this is one of those seminal submarine movies that really defined a look and feel, right? And I know that we've had it before, but it really redefined, like, one of the most memorable things is, like, everyone who's not in the, you know, um, on the main deck is just sweating fucking bullets the entire time. Everyone is drenched and everyone's silhouetted by these hard green and red lights and blue lights. Like it's an insane lighting scheme across the board in that one submarine, but everything feels so tight and constricted and the, the tension and the pacing and everything. I, I don't know, man, I might, I think, and again, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong and you know, debate me. But I think Crimson Tide might be one of the most definitive submarine movies ever made in history. I'm just going to say it. I know there's a lot of people that are, oh, what about Dust Boot? And blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying, Crimson Tide, there's something so special about that movie, dude. And it reminded me of you the entire time. I was channeling you throughout the entire time. Let me say, so real quick, fuck them all. 
anybody telling you that Crimson Tide <laughs> is not one of the first off does not is not familiar with the proper like submarine catalog and does not know film because I'll take it one step further. I'll say Crimson Tide, one of the best films, period. Ooh, um, that's and, right. That's one of your top fives, right? Like one of your big old top fives. Yeah. And and listen, like, I can't listen. We can devote like a whole episode of Crimson Tide. But all I want to say is, first and foremost, I love the fact like let's not lose sight of what happens in this film. Every action film is defined mm. by the dude outs, you know, like the loose cannon. Right. You know, walks, you know, like got it. But this movie is defined by a hero who is trying to do things by the book. That's because true. by the book. That's true. Is what and yeah, like I, I love that the film, in addition to the fact that if you were to make that nowadays, you would probably have a film that would kind of allude to uh, this guy's, you know, hey, Gene Hackman's character's Republican, you know, Denzel Washington's <laughs> right. character's Democrat. Whereas right. like, this film, like, is just pure, like, philosoph- philosophy is opposed, and that's it. And that's it. And, like, and they're not presented in these, like, kind of black and white terms. So to me, Crimson Tide is just, like, Dude. in addition to the fact that it's fun blockbuster filmmaking, like, sure. like elite. I mean, like, the pacing is just perfect. So, yeah, it's, like I'll, I'll go to bat for Crimson Tide is one of the best films ever. I love the the cast is awesome. And that movie's crazy because like I think Gene Hackman is so unhinged in that movie, like right from the really? start. This guy clearly needed to retire like 20 years ago because he is just like outdated. Dumb team Hackman, not wrong. Oh, you're no, you are a crazy Republican <laughs> conservative son of a bitch. How dare you? You would be Gene. I'm Dean Denzel. This podcast makes perfect sense between the two of us. Now, let's not lose our Republican audience, okay? For one, any Republican that's like stuck in the show. (laughs) Right, David. I, I, the point is, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I went on a larger kick after that. I went through all the Jack Ryan movies after that because I get all political and shit. I was on a Denzel Washington kick, and I watched uh, a Siege him and Tony Shalhoub and Bruce Willis. Oh yeah, yeah, the siege, which is, man, that it's it's crazy to think that was made before nine eleven. I was just, like, just insane nine eleven. Like it's insane. For those who have never seen it, go check it out because it was so creepily foreshadowing of the way Americans were going to kind of act and do and and some of the stuff. It was just one of those real scary precursors to a very tragic event that happened later. You know what I mean? Just, oh, man, highly recommend watching it. By the way, like people talk about the act and showcase and showdown of like Al Pacino and De Niro. And it's like, listen, I'm not going to talk shit about heat. I don't think the coffee that, you know, the diner scene in Heat is sure. like an all-timer, just in terms of strict dialogue. The the freaking, you know, the, the charisma that both have is, yeah, absolutely insane. But I think that's what carries that dialogue. Whereas the sh- the showdown between Denzel and Hackman in, in Crimson Tide is just like an all-timer. You know, Dude, where, like in terms of like, so just like acting versus acting. It's so good. It's so good. It's like Howie Mandel versus a forest fire. Perfectly balanced. Two what people is wrong with you? Two. Jesus Christ! You know what I'm saying? Man. Just two diametrically I'm opposed. Done with things. this podcast. Mm, <laughs> fighting each other. One has to win over the other. It's one toward the force. The other one, how we long? Boom, baby. God, dude. Boom, David. So you know, without getting too much into it, because I don't want to. I don't want to say anything that more than you want to say. Like I felt like you were in in this crazy crimson tide you know event of yourself with your work because you were having to deal with someone who was overbearingly difficult all the time and i won't say names or people but you know i can cut all this out 
Um, but are you okay from that, man? Did you feel like Denzel Washington versus Gene Hackman style stuff, and you're standing up for yourself and taking the key away so they wouldn't throw the they wouldn't shoot the nukes off, man? I didn't just take the key away. I was taking those punches. You know, the same punches Gene Hackman lands. Oh God, yeah, dude. That I think that scene might be the perfect mm, contextualization of your experience at the job, dude. Yes, definitely felt like Denzel's character. Um, and I don't have a problem talking about it, man. Like it's, uh, which fault, you know, it's, I think anybody can sort of sympathize with somebody that, you know, and this, this is actually something I've been telling, you know, other places that I've interviewed for because they've been asking. Oh shit. Yeah. They straight up put me on blast. Like, well, why are you looking to move so soon? You just, you just got this, this job. Yeah, it's true. I guess I never thought of it. That does become a big question. Yeah. And, and I have no problem answering that. Like I, so at D Magazine, uh, we have Mark Gottich. He was, you know, a senior editor at Sports Illustrated for 22 years, right? Uh, my my editor, Mike Pellucci. These are like, these guys are awesome. These guys are like just top of the food chain, elite nice. editors. Hell yeah. And what I've learned from them is that when it comes to objectives, right? And this can apply to anything. When it comes to sure. any objective at work, there's just really two things you need. Either direction and in the absence of that, expectation in the absence of expectation direction right and you know sometimes you could not have both you know especially at big companies things move fast that's fine but when you are consistently getting neither which is what i was getting oh gross then and not only do you get neither but you're also being micromanaged for each task and then criticized in the most unprofessional way i was like dude not a single thing is being checked off here. In addition to the unprofessionalism, I'm like, you know, that makes it really easy for me, actually. I'm out. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> so, you know, man, that's, that's you know, you being Denzel in this situation uh, <clears throat> is amazing, you know, because you handled it with such, to me personally, you still handle it with such boys and you were able to take a lot of shit, but you also had a breaking point where like, I'm done. I'm taking a stand. I'm not putting up with this just like Denzel Washington did in Crimson Tide. So so what's next, David? Now that you're back in, you're surviving the game again, we're back in it, You, what's your perspective now, man? You're going to look for something similar? You're going to find something different? You're going to spend time working on your book again now that you're back at the home for a while? What, what's what's the next step for David in this transition? So, so one, I'm definitely focused on like looking for jobs that have good work reputations you know that's the cool thing about glassdoor like if you ever apply for jobs on glassdoor you can actually see reviews for the companies um usually from like former you know they're they're anonymous so they could be like you know usually they're former employees but um so yeah just making sure that you know this is a place with a good reputation i need to do that i've never heard of this glassdoor i need to i need to check that out i want to see what they say about my work <laughs> so so i use like pretty much everything like uh simply hired indeed uh glassdoor lenses pretty good too i mean there are a lot of them man but uh yeah man that's so it's like that and then yeah working on the um Focus on sending out query letters for the novel that I've finished and working on a separate novel that I am working on. Again, more science fiction. You're working on I, you're working on another novel? First of all, I haven't even read the first one, goddammit, and you're already working on a second one. Are you following up the story? No, so I've already out, kind of started to outline a sequel for the story that I finished. This okay. is a standalone science fiction. So you know, I man, just... 
through all of our conversations, right, and getting to know you, I am still shocked that science fiction is your fucking platform for books. For as much shit as you give me and nerds around the world, science fiction is your preferred platform. Crazy, dude. But we talked about this, man. Like, one of the reasons why it's my platform is also because I tend to be critical of science fiction. Like, I tend to just not like and it's i love this it's like a love hate thing right like sure. i lo- like at its best there's nothing better but man but there could be do but like so many like you know i like spiderhead i recently watched spiderhead you know which which i thought looked like had a really interesting trailer and then i saw it man and i was just like really disappointed that like so you find it, that's a middle of the road move because i was curious in seeing it so should i see it or should i not see it i i think, I think you should definitely watch it because I, I think there's it's it's told in a way that's that's accessible Okay. Um, but you know, it, it does a lot of shit that a lot of like modern day films do, man. Like I get sick of like needle drops. I'm like, I don't care that, you know, you know, a lot of songs from the seventies and eighties. Like, <laughs> let me just watch a film that's like okay. interested in its plot and its characters like for fucking once. Jesus Christ. It does have Miles Teller and I do love Miles Teller. So <laughs> I don't know if you're being ironic or not. I love Miles Teller, man. That dude's dope as hell. Did you not see him in that sexy ass beach scene on Top Gun two, man? I, so I, good. I so saw good. His, I saw his anti-vaxxer bullshit, and that was kind of enough. But anyways, I didn't say I cared for his politics. I said he's hot, bro. Okay, there's a difference. I can like a dude for being jacked and rip. I don't need to go along with his politics. Okay, big difference, bro. You do have kind of like the Miles mustache as well. Okay, first of all, I had it first. All right, before Top Gun. All right, I've been I've been rocking this stash since the beginning of the pandemic. I do like my handlebars. Uh, David, I hope you have good luck with your new job hunting, man. I hope the what's one of the, okay, you learned a lot from your first time, by the way, being at home, right? What are you going to do different to take advantage of the time that you are at the house? I know you already talked about outlining the book and all that other stuff, but is there anything new that you're like, you know what, I didn't do this last, I didn't do enough naked poops last time. I'm going to do something different this time. Like, what have you learned for your next adventure while home while waiting for the job? That's a tough one. I, I feel like they're like for one, I've been making the cold breakfast. Um, Ooh, that's like so when she gets delicious. home, uh, you know, making uh, like a, what, we, what we call the small country breakfast. So like turkey sausage links, some scrambled egg, hash. Um, I always offer her like a little mini croissant, but she she doesn't take the bait. You don't use avocado. You seem like an avocado guy. No, I don't. Um, you know, listen. I know. I know Shocking. what you're trying to say. Okay? Shocking. I know what you're Come trying on. to do. Okay, you're trying mm-hmm, to you mm-hmm. know. Make me um, seem more Latino than I actually am. The, wow, I was going for hipster, but you took it racial, so that's that's fine too, I guess. All right, all right, all right. Okay, I see where your mind's at, bro. But you know what I've been doing? I've been going to YouTube, kind of looking for like different ways to make. Because I'm a big fan of soft scrambled, and the reason why I'm a big fan of soft scrambled is that it it has a lot. Like there are more things you can do with it. One of them is Cantonese style scrambled eggs. Look that up. They look amazing, but it also looks like really hard to do. Okay. Um, And that's kind of one of the rabbit holes I sometimes like fall under, like with YouTube or just like food videos, like of all kinds of different, different kinds. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with that binging with Babish. Yeah, Um, absolutely. uh, So he has, I usually don't watch those, but like, I like for whatever reason I saw one because I was looking for that steak and egg scene from Twister. (laughs) For oh, some reason, yes. that was in my I head. Knew I knew you were gonna say I think that. We've talked about, this. yeah, the best looking food on on a movie ever. So he has an episode where he makes. Yes, them. he does. Yes, he does. And, and I, I thought that was like, oh, dude, this is fucking amazing. So I was kind of like, 
So one of the things I've been kind of working on is like, okay, let, let me my steak breakfast? and egg game. Yes, my twister breakfast. I'm gonna hey, make. David, I'm gonna say this now. I'm gonna say this now. Can we consider for my birthday? Can I come over and we have twister breakfast? You, me, and Rick have twister breakfast. I, I think it's a great idea. But but Rick, Rick's gonna want like asada and like you know you know what he's, like... it's my fucking birthday okay he's gonna eat he's gonna eat the twister breakfast right I want to be I want to be Bill Paxton uh, you can be my Helen Hunt okay and then we'll make Rick uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman Philip Seymour Hoffman we'll make and then Rick will be Philip Seymour Hoffman there we go perfect and we'll have my perfect birthday twister country breakfast which i hope everyone will join me for on that i day. feel like well, hold on okay so don't forget this we're, we're again push country breakfast this is really important don't forget okay. that's what we were talking about okay i think by the way i think rick is such a weirdo he would have a problem <laughs> being the philip seymour hoffman character i, I think it's great <laughs> to be compared to helen hunt I, I think you know in the 90s yeah. like helen hunt was yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't like you know classically attractive, but I always thought she was attractive. Rick can deal with. It. I know he wants to be Carrie Elway's in it, but he's not allowed to be, and I don't give a shit. All right, it's my birthday, and he's Philip Seymour Hoffman. Goddamn it, and he can deal with it. He can suck it. All right, it's my birthday. Twister breakfast. That's what's happening, Dave. If we were going for like you know uh, facsimiles, like personality wise, I would definitely like fall more into the Alan Ruck category. I know you would. I'm not I, saying you... by choice, man. I'm like, sure, I'm not, sure, sure, know, sure. I'm, sure. I'm not even like an Alan Ruck fan. I'm just saying, like, that's probably I'm probably closer to that than I'm part. I'm probably more of a like Sean Whalen more than anything else in this entire party. <laughs> this is the guy with I, the curly hair. He was the guy from Kids, uh, from People Under the Stairs. Aaron Burr. I remember. Yeah, exactly. That kid. Okay. I forgot he was in that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just kind of his one of his more notable many because the dude's done a ton of stuff. That's one of his more like notable. Th they, oh, by the way, that dude's on TikTok and he's really good. Like he tells you inside stories to stuff that he's done, auditions he goes on, people that he's met. He goes to the an actual like mini twister convention that they have in the city where they filmed it every year. It's fucking adorable, man. God bless that guy. He's super nice. What I was going to ask, really ask, because we're sure. talking about breakfast, what is your ultimate last film supper? Like, if you could choose a supper from a film and it was your last, what would it be? Oh, 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 yeah, I know what it is, because I used to, th I used to, oh, my God. I mean, uh, the Twister's, like, right up there, but if I had to pull a deep cut from my childhood that I was like, man, this is what I would really want to eat. <sighs> I want to eat that entire fucking table full of food from the movie Hook with Robin Williams. Do you remember that? So it's the one where he's imagining and then the food comes to life. And it's like big, giant turkey legs and hams and cream pies and all kinds of fillings filled with stuff. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend look it up. Uh, but if you if you know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. I don't remember that. So I'm going to have to look that up. Okay, but, look it um, up. So we, we have a few other ones, man. The, the steak uh, from Matrix that looks like a like a, a that is so unfair. How good that fucking steak looks, dude. Even even I was like, yo, just put me back in the Matrix and just let me eat the steak. Let me be the steak in the Matrix and I'll be happy. The uh, the only thing I can think of. So to me, like the steak and eggs from Twister still like tops. Okay. The only thing I th think that competes with it. Even more than anything from uh, Chef, the John Favreau movie, which okay. has like a lot of really good food scenes. But even mm -hmm. more than that is the Il Timpano scene from uh, Big Night. 
Tony Shalhoub and um, yeah. uh, Stanley Tucci. I, that, but so like, so that's a real dish apparently, which I thought was just like nonsense. They had, they make uh, what's called this il tempano, which is like basically a dish. Mm-hmm. It's like a huge, like basically like pasta drum, Ooh. but inside is pretty much anything and everything that you've ever like had like sausage meatballs cheese more pasta um it's uh it's insane and it looks great too i'm also gonna give a shout out to the food in spirited away anytime there's food in spirited away it looks ridiculously delicious insanely delicious but i think these are some solid choices dude the hook one, but Twister is the most real one. Twister's really up there. That Twister breakfast is really up there. People, if you don't know what we're talking about, please Google this stuff. You got hook dinner scene. You got the Twister a country breakfast. And what what is it for their serving from, from Big Night again? Il, Il Tempano. Il Tempano. Check it out. We, we have to mention, though, that, like, the, the thing that puts the Twister scene, like, above everything else, in my opinion, is also, like, it, it's got some innovation going. Like, the brown gravy involved with the steak and eggs is something i never would have thought but it looks so fucking amazing dude it's It's so good i absolutely lose my shit just thinking about it (laughs) and hopefully ladies and gentlemen you will lose your shit when you see what we are talking about uh david i know we i hate to say it but we've uh look we've talked we've talked to the cows come on man we've reached the end of the show already david just from catching up my dude and there's still more to catch up on, right? Um, I'll just do quick fire round. Like I said, uh, let's see, in the last couple months, I have watched a ton of new 80s TV shows, including Street Hawk and The Equalizer, which I'm super amped about. Uh, my lady friend came in to visit me for a whole week, and that was really fun during the vacation time. We got to hang out and do a bunch of cool stuff and catch up on Stranger Things. I saw Nick Kroll at the Pearl just hanging out. That was pretty dope. Took her on a date at the Pearl. Very, very nice. I felt like you. I felt like I was being high, highfalutin and cool and stuff, taking her to the Pearl, walking around, man. I was trying to channel you to impress my lady, so I hope that makes you feel good. Also went to Jazz Texas for the first time, so that was cool. They did a Jazz Disney show, which I th- was very unexpected and very fucking awesome. So check it out. If you live in San Antonio, check out Jazz Texas. It's really awesome. So all kinds of good stuff, man. Getting the house cleaned up, getting things moved out, making new... Uh, Working arrangements, trying to get amped up once again to start my personal projects, get back on making my RPG show. So that's my quick fire, rapid fire round of uh, me in the last month, David. What do you got? Uh, I got, what did I do? So we went to uh, that same weekend that you were out, apparently. Uh, mm-hmm. We went to Domingo, uh, which is kind of usually we stay away from like downtown San Antonio, but Domingo had freaking churro waffles. Holy now, shit. They didn't quite taste like waffles. They t- I think they tasted more t- to me, like closer to like French toast and like terms okay. of like texture and consistency, but it was fucking amazing, dude. God damn, and dude. Whatever, like the whipped cream that they had on there was also insane. So Domingo, uh, kind of like a, um, you know, uh, Cuban, Puerto Rican kind of fusion spot, uh, really solid. And then, of course, we uh, watched an episode of Murder, She Wrote, which is something that Nicole and I Classic. With by the way, Jonathan Brandis was in the episode that we watched. Ooh, always a good when Jonathan Brandis shows up in something. God bless him. Um, and then I've been watching the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, which are great because those two, the two team, the two best teams are the complete opposite philosophically in terms of how they play the game than what Dallas does, which hopefully means 
that the people that run the stars are going to do what the successful teams are doing instead of what they try to do. You know, this is like the Gene Hackman did sure. like debate all over again. Oh, man, that movie is an allegory for everything in this world, David. God damn. Oh, uh, how could I forget? Um, by the way, this is something I'm going to get you. Okay, uh, what's up? This is chupacabra flavored popcorn from Popcorn Piccadilly. Fuck? Now, this place makes great popcorn, but of course, this is not the best flavor. Ah, <laughs> <This> is... <laughs> uh, yeah, chupacabra. I don't know what flavor that is, but I guess we'll find out, right? I still don't know what flavor it is, and I've eaten like halfway <laughs> through the bag. But and I'm not like a popcorn person, but the brick oven pizza flavor is amazing. Spicy Ooh. queso is amazing. I bought my dad for Father's Day, uh, like I sent him five bags from this place, which is actually right near uh, the forum. So if you want to, like you know, take you know, you want me to take you to there or whatever, try some. We can always do that. But um, uh, yeah, I got my dad some root beer float flavored popcorn. Oh, that sounds delicious. Um, and um, yeah, there were, there was probably some other shit I'm forgetting, but like, uh, I want to say I got in a fight with somebody, but that's not. That sounds we're, too okay. cool. We're gonna really follow up on that one on the next episode, 100. percent So you have like 10 minutes to think about it before we record the next one. But David, my favorite takeaway from that is you've eaten chupacabra popcorn and you found Jonathan Brandis on an episode of Murder She Wrote, and that's why I love you, man, because that's why you're great. Uh, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. Uh, we hope you had a really good time. As I always like to say, uh, you know, quick reflection before we leave, David, thanks for recording this with me on Father's Day. Uh, you know, uh, I really appreciate that. As my pseudo friend slash father figure in my life, you constantly bring me up and bring me down, but most of the time you bring me up, and I really appreciate that on these kinds of days. So thank you for that. So, David, to you, I say happy Father's Day, my friend. And to everyone out there who are my friends who are dope-ass dads, happy Father's Day to you. And David, happy Father's Day to your dad, who's an awesome guy, because I met him, and he's really fucking cool, dude. Thank you. And he was, he was a big fan. He really enjoyed talking as well. And, like, I'll never forget the thing that he said to me, <clears throat> which is, before he ever met you, when we showed up at the uh, pre-wedding brunch. Right saw you on your way over there didn't know who you were and like and just flat out told my uh told my mom looks like one of david's friends <laughs> and i i don't know maybe that's not like the most positive thing i don't know like what that maybe it's like kind of like a slight criticism of me but i think <laughs> i think that tells you everything because one thing i trust is my dad's gut listen man you you have you don't just have a father figure in me. You got a father figure in my dad. And my dad will always be there for you as well. So I'll take it, brother. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. And on that wonderful, beautiful note, we're going to end this one on a positive one. Another episode of I Will Break You, part two, fire down below. <laughs> because that's what it was from earlier. Uh, if you like what you hear, ladies and gentlemen, please don't forget to like, share, Give us five stars and give us a review. If you give us five stars and write a nice review, we'll probably read it on air. If you give us five stars and a bad review, we'll probably also read that on air because sometimes it's just funny to get roasted. If you'd like to suggest topics of conversation or you have questions for us, or if you'd like to have some comical advice from one of us, life advice, you can reach us at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C the pod at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter as well and Instagram at wreckthepod, ladies and gentlemen. You can also find us on Facebook and hopefully still coming soon. More content where, as we figure out our lives one day to TikTok and everything else. Uh, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say before we leave on this episode, David? Fire down below. Great euphemism for taking the shit. Goddamn, that's absolutely perfect. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I am son of Ortiz, Brian Ortiz. I'm David Castle. And on that, I don't even want to end on another note because that was the best closer right there, bro. You just fucking nailed it. Guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Happy Father's Day. Peace out, everyone. Bye. Adios. Life's a Wreck is an FC podcast production created by Brian Ortiz and David Castillo, recorded in our homes and edited by me, Brian Ortiz. Theme song and outro by Hard Power USA. Check them out on SoundCloud. And please let us know what you think about the show by rating us and leaving a comment. You can also email us topics of discussion for future episodes at wreckthepod at gmail.com. That's R-E-C, thepod at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening to our little slice of the podcast world. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for stopping by.